0: Okay. Good morning. Good morning. I'm um, so happy to be here talking about the Good Shepherd. This is one of my favorite passages, so I'm really excited to dive into it. Um, I have a question for y'all. Have, who here has been to Go GoFest and seen the dogs catching the frisbees? Anybody? Yes. Has anybody seen like not um, one of those like those frisbee dog shows? Maybe like a halftime show or something like that? Um, do you have a picture of that coming up? Yes, great. Okay, who's seen this? This kind of thing? To me, there's no happier creature than a dog that just like nails this frisbee catch. Like, like look at them, like they, they've practiced and spent hours with their owner listening to them and they like get like a running start and then leap just the right time and just like nail that catch. It's the best. Um, there's got to be no happier creature in the world. How could you be more content? Look at that one. You just, I love it. Okay. Um, to me, there's like, again, like no happier creature in the world. And so um, who here is trying to get their dog to like, jump off a dock or something like that? Like, no. look at this. How could you? This is the best life. Okay. Um, when I try to get my dog to jump off a dock, he like runs with me for a little bit and then he like pumps the brakes. Right. Have you ever seen that? And so in my mind, I'm thinking, like, what's the difference? And the difference is this, I think. Um, these dogs have spent hours training with their owner, and they hear and they trust every word they say. they spent so long listening to their, their voice, their tone, their commands. Their, their, they have certain whistles they use, and the dog knows them and trusts them and is willing to follow them. Um, they'd follow their master Anywhere because they've spent so much time with him and they know them and trust them. So um, in this, in our passage this morning, Jesus talks about being the good shepherd and how his sheep uh, hear his voice and know him and follow him. And so that's what we're gonna dwell on some this morning. We've been walking through the I Am statements, which are all found in John. Um, And there are seven or eight of them, depending on how you count them, right? Um, And... Jesus uses the personal name of God, I am, to refer to Himself, and even His opponents said, "You're making yourself one with God," and that's exactly what Jesus was trying to do, and what John is doing as he writes these down. Um, here's the context of Jesus's teaching for today, because Jesus has just healed the, this blind man. Remember that story where he spits in the mud and then puts it on the guy's eyes. Remember that? so weird. We were talking about this yesterday with my son, Liam, and he said, but why do you put mud in his eyes? And I said, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> why do you put mud in the, guy's in the guy's eyes? I remember the guy walks around, and everyone's like, I think that's the blind guy. And everyone's like, no, it's not him. And he's like, no, it's me. I once was blind, but now I... Remember that? Um, and in that story, it's really cool, because the blind guy ends up being the one who actually can see, who actually understands Jesus. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders, proved to be the ones who are actually blind themselves. And so that's why Jesus calls them blind guides. And so this miracle that we're just talking about takes place in chapter nine. And today we're in chapter 10, which makes it sound like, okay, leave that behind. Now we're in something new. But actually it's the same conversation. Jesus is talking to this mixed crowd of people of religious leaders and um, everybody else in, this, in the town. And this is important because he is he's talking to all of them, um, saying, uh, giving them the importance of like actually seeing and listening to Jesus. And so we'll find that Jesus has a unique word for us today in this passage because he uses this old symbol from the Hebrew Bible of shepherds. But he turns, like he always does, he turns the volume like way up. And so his bold statement, I am the good shepherd demands a response from the people then and from us now. And so we'll see what ours is. Um, here's our direction for today. We're gonna talk about the story of the bad shepherds, the sacrifice of the good shepherd, and the sheep's response. So the story of the, good sh- of the bad shepherds. So um, did Jesus make up this this like image of, of shepherding? Was he just sitting there like, what's a good image? Oh yeah, shepherds, is good. Um, the answer is no, he's actually... Tying back into this old, this, this metaphor that starts way back in, in um, Numbers, actually, um, with Moses. Because Moses has been leading his people around the, um, the wilderness, right? He's leading them around, and he knows they just like this disobedient, rebellious bunch. And he's about to die, and he's praying to God, saying, please send a shepherd. So the people won't be like sheep without a shepherd, right? That's the original place that, that's found. He said, I, I pray that they will not be like sheep without a shepherd, and so it becomes this metaphor for leaders, okay? Now, eventually, one leader in particular is this, like, uh, classic shepherd. And he turns out to be, like, this, this shepherd king. Anybody, any guesses on that? It's David. Remember when they're going to anoint him and they're looking in the field, they're like, where's, where's your youngest son, David? I'm like, ah, he's out in the field. He's a shepherd. And he's like, oh, cool, bring him here. And then remember, this is, this is an awesome story. When he's talking to Goliath and he's trash-talking, remember that? And it talks about, you know, like, I've fought off, like, whatever it was, like, tigers and wolves um, when they've threatened my sheep. And I can fight you off, too, because I have God's power with me. And, again, it's one of my favorite stories. Um, so but, so David becomes this new, like, shepherd king. But here's the question for you. Is David the good shepherd? He's, he's not. He's not. He actually sets this bad pattern for the rest of the bad shepherds to follow because he sees his friend Uriah's wife and he wants her and he takes her and he kills his friend so that he can have her. And thus begins this terrible track record for the rest of the bad shepherds of Israel, the bad shepherds that fail to care for their flock. And the prophet's Who spoke on God's behalf often call out these bad shepherds. One prophet in particular, Ezekiel, is really, really mad at them. and He has this whole chapter about it, and it's so good. We're going to spend some time on it this morning. So it's Ezekiel 34. Perfect. Um, Ezekiel 34. This is what he says with the bad shepherds. He says, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not the shepherds feed the sheep? The weak you have not strengthened, the sick, you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there is no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts, with none to search for or seek for them. <clears throat> okay, so keep <clears throat> if you're in an actual Bible, keep your finger there, but we're gonna flip back to John real quick. Jesus absolutely has this passage in mind. Jesus says. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he has a hired hand, and he cares nothing for the sheep. Okay, do you hear that? Jesus is, totally has this in mind, this whole image of the bad shepherds, and I think Ezekiel 34 in particular. Um, and so Ezekiel outlines a bunch of accusations about them. They haven't healed the sick and saw the lost. But Jesus sums it all up in one phrase. What does he say? They care nothing for the sheep. He said that they ditch their sheep in danger because they don't care. It would be like, <clears throat> think back to the Frisbees and the dogs, if like on the day of like the Frisbee show, if like, you know, you got a call from your buddy being like, hey, can you come show up and... Uh, just <laughs> do a frisbee show with my dog real quick. And you're like, wait, what's your dog's name again? You know? And, um, and so like, how do you think that, w- that would work out if the, the person doesn't, doesn't know the dog, the dog doesn't know their voice and they don't care about the dog, it's clearly not gonna go very well. And so that, that's the picture Jesus is painting here. Someone who just doesn't care for the sheep. Um, and so before we, we move on, I wanna apply this to our lives as well. Are there bad shepherds that we follow, shepherds that don't care for us. What are the the voices or the whistles that you're listening to? Where are the places that you go to for guidance and comfort? Where are the places you go to for guidance and comfort? When you feel overwhelmed with information or you don't know where to go next, do you Flip open your phone. Um, Do you turn to social media? What do your friends say about this? Uh, Twitter? What do the professionals say about this? Um, Netflix? Fox News? CNN? Maybe your favorite podcast. You all have a good podcast. Do these shepherds help you in times of trouble? Do they care? Have you considered the voice that you are listening to? Have you been listening to a voice that doesn't strengthen you? doesn't help you, doesn't heal you, doesn't care for you? And do you realize that there is a good shepherd who has proven that he cares for you? So let's see how Jesus proves that he is the good shepherd by the sacrifice he makes. So looking back to our passage, we're still in John 10, um, how does Jesus describe himself as the good shepherd? What does he do? I'll give you a hint. It's in there five times. Five times, he says, it's kind of like a broken record, I lay down my life for the sheep. And this isn't some abstract, like I lay down my metaphorical life, you know? Um, this is like, a, like, literally, he's gonna put himself in harm's way for the sheep. And maybe the first time he says it, people are like, oh, okay, maybe he'll like, you know, do something kind of dangerous. But by the end, it's clear of this self-sacrificial love. He says, I lay down my life so I can take it back up again. And he's clearly talking about the, the, his, his death on a cross and his resurrection. Because Jesus's care for the sheep is gonna lead him to willingly give himself to be humiliated, to be falsely accused. He's gonna be accused of being the bad shepherd, guys. Like that's, he's gonna bear that. Um, he's gonna bear shame and ultimately the brutal torture on a Roman execution rack. And then so look at verse 16. When Jesus takes up his life again, he says, I'll seek out the lost sheep who are not of this fold. Do you hear his heart for the sheep? He's going to face a brutal death and then come out the other side, eagerly searching for the sheep. This is so amazing. And it's so clear that Jesus is th- thinking of Ezekiel 34. And this is actually kind of a cool little um, like Easter egg hidden in there. Flip um, so back there if you like. We're going to look at Ezekiel 34. One last time, um, this is later on in the passage. It says, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search out for my sheep, and I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out the flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Okay. So what's our Easter egg in there? What's, what's the little hidden, hidden hint? Um, Jesus says, I'm a good shepherd. And back in Ezekiel 34, God said, I'm going to seek out the sheep. Do you see this? When Jesus is claiming to be God with the I am statements, this is what I'm talking about. Like, he's clearly, like, God says, I'm going to go seek the sheep, and Jesus says, Okay, I'm here. This is so crazy. Like, at, people at the time who knew the Bible really well would have been like, What's he saying? And he's saying, I, I'm God come to seek out my lost sheep. Okay, so I have a picture for y'all. Let's see, it's on the slide. <clears throat> okay, do y'all know who this is? Harriet Tubman. This is a, a young picture of her. I chose this one on purpose. Um, she just looks so, I think, determined to me. Um, so Harriet Tubman was born a slave in 1822, um, and she suffered under a, a brutal owner. Um, uh, he, like, one time, like, threw some kind of, like, um, like anvil or something at her, hit her in the head. And, um, and so uh, eventually, when her owner died, she took advantage, and she, she escaped she, she rolled north. And um, when she got her freedom, what did she do with her freedom? Did she retire? No, she went back 13 times, um, 13, trip, 13 trips back to rescue about 70 people. She used her privilege and her freedom to seek out others. Um, and so she, she would lead them through these, like, secret routes. Obviously, the people that she's rescuing have no idea where they're going right? And so they have to follow her. They called her Moses. They had to follow her through these different routes um, at night through safe houses. You can imagine how scared they would be when she knocks on the door, and they're thinking, like, is this a trap? Like, is this the right house, you know? But she knows, and she's brought them there on purpose, and she's going to lead them to freedom. Um, Did y'all know, I, I didn't know this in public school, but she was actually a woman of prayer, she prayed a lot, and that's why I think she was led to lead people to safety is because she listened to she dreams. She would listen to these voices in the dreams and say, okay, I'm going to go and lead my, my people back, back into freedom. Um, and just, just 70, I feel like that wasn't, for us as much like fame as she gets, that number isn't that high to me, but I don't think it's the, how big the number is. It was more I think of her heart of seeking out the, lo- the lost. Um, so the people would follow her because they, because they trusted her and she would, and she used her for freedom and her privilege to actually lead people to more freedom herself. So I, I chose that picture. Can you go back to it real quick? Um, I chose that picture because she just looks so determined. Like I wouldn't mess with her, <laughs> you know? Um, she just looks so determined and I, I can just like see, I don't know. I just love that picture. She looks like, like longing for something more, for more freedom. I love that. So um, how about you? Do you realize that Jesus is worth listening to? He's worth following because he has proven his care for you, and his death on the cross. He used his, his freedom, his privilege, to give more freedom to others. And do you, do you realize that he's worth listening to? Um, our last point for today, I want you to notice how this, how this passage ends. This is actually pretty weird, pretty unexpected because Jesus has just shared this like now beloved metaphor of a shepherd caring for sheep. I'm the good shepherd, right? And you can see all like the children's books, you know? And, and I picture like if I didn't know the end of the story, I would imagine everyone was like, amen, here, here, so good. And that's not what they do. Um, let's read this one more time. It's John 10:19 through 21. It says, There again was a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who's oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So Jesus' beautiful teaching on a good shepherd gets mixed reviews, <laughs> gets a mixed response. Um, and so what is this? John often does this in his gospel. If once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like after so many of Jesus' teachings and miracles, there's this like mixed response. The word here, it says, is again, a division. That word again is our hint that this happens all the time. Um, and so why does John do this? Why does he always end these teachings on um, this mixed response? And I, I think he's doing it because he's putting the ball in our court as the reader. He says, what's your response gonna be? When Jesus says this, we saw what the responses were then—some good, some bad. What's your response going to be to this? Um, that's why earlier in the passage, Jesus tells them that his sheep listen to his voice. This theme of listening is huge for John. It shows up a few times in John 10. Um, I've got a slide. I've got a couple of examples. John 10:5 says, "A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." you would be like me at a Frisbee dog show. Um, uh, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Jesus' sheep know his voice and they run from imposters because they know the voice of the true shepherd. Okay, so I want you to think back to the, the image of the, of the dog with its trainer catching the Frisbee. Um, I want you to imagine that you're watching one of these shows in person. Maybe it's like a halftime Show of like an NFL game or something pre COVID. Okay. And, um, and so this happens sometimes. Like, an owner and a dog like trot out to the field, and the dog will get like you know, 10 yards away from the owner, and just like watching him, like, what's going to happen next? He's just waiting for the command. Okay. So the dog, I want you to imagine a, a dog gets in front of the owner, and they're both, the, the lights are all shining on them, and they're getting ready to throw it. Um, and then suddenly, some, some, some jerk in the crowd starts to whistle, right? And the dog, like, looks around, like, what's happening? And then other people start to join in as well. And so the dog is just frantically looking around, like, oh, my gosh, like, what am I supposed to do? I mean, he's lost. He's too distracted. And um, you can imagine, this is, like, so sad because all he wants to do is listen to the voice of his owner and do what he's like been born and bred to do, which is like, just nail some frisbee catches. That's all he wants to do. And, um, but he's too distracted, there's too many voices right now. And so um, the dog's all distracted, he's looking around he's whining. And then suddenly a particular whistle pierces through the chaos and the dog can get like refocused and looks at his master and make eye contact. And even though everything else is still crazy going on, the, the dog knows the voice the, the whistle of his master. And he can, he can look at him and recenter his intention on him. And so the show goes on and, it's the, and they nail it. And so um, where are you in this story? Are you the sheep who hears his voice? Are you in the habit of making quiet to listen to the voice of the good shepherd so that you can still hear him in the chaos of the day? Do you spend time, just like the dogs, um, listening and watching to, to to their owner? Do you spend time listening, reading, praying to Jesus as the good shepherd? So that when the day gets crazy and hectic and there's all the whistles, all the noises, you can recenter yourself on the voice of the one who actually cares for you. I imagine that a lot of us have a lot of voices in our head that we follow as well. We um, often, during these times of chaos, will pull up on our phone. I know I do that. I pull up my phone and just to whatever. Who knows what I'm doing on my phone throughout the day? But it's, I can tell you this. It's not the voice of the Good Shepherd that we like, choose to seek after. We choose to seek after other professionals or other, other people who we think deserve our, our attention and our credit. And it's just not the case. They don't care for us. Jesus does care for us, and he proved it on the cross by dying a vicious, brutal death for us. The shepherd had authority to lay down his life for the sheep. And then he comes at their side and eagerly seeking the sheep that are still lost, which includes us. So I pray that we all would become um, in the hat, would grow in our habit of listening and seeking the Lord, not to earn His favor or be a, be a good little Christian, but because we need it. We need the, to listen to the voice of the One who cares for us. Um, during uh, after communion, we often have a time of of, of reflection. And um, Eric and his band has prepared this song that I picked out, called "The House of God Forever," and it's a retelling of Psalm 23. And so I'd love it if we all um, spent that time kind of reflecting on um, maybe the, the bad, the not helpful voices we have been listening to and how can we seek out the one who has sought us out first? I'm gonna pray this, this prayer uh, for us and then we're gonna move on with communion. It says, O oh God, whose son Jesus Christ is the good shepherd of your people, Grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls each of us by name and follow where he leads. Who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen.